Welcome everyone to a Baseball America podcast. My name is John Manuel. His name is JJ Cooper, and we've got World Baseball Classic Fever. Thank you for the download today. We're going to talk a lot of World Baseball Classic, and JJ and I are both a little loopy. We we, we caught the fever last night. We both uh, stayed up pretty I, late to watch the World Baseball Classic. I have to say, I, I can honestly say I've had the fever since uh, actually from you, the Asia round. JJ, uh, now JJ has been watching a lot of Nihao Kailan yeah. uh, on Noggin, so you've got. A, I think that's a little reason why you've been checking out the Chinese team, but. JJ has been uh, watching since the Asia round. I really just caught the fever last night, and the only solution was more WBC. So that was the only cure. So I actually watched uh, Australia Cuba to the bitter one thirty eight in the morning end or whatever. But we have it was. to. I mean, what what gave John the fever? You know, and what basically took me from maybe a one hundred two to a one hundred four. Oh yeah, was, was was the Netherlands of the Dominican Republic, which has to rank. Uh, you know, people can poo poo it if they want. Of oh, you know. The Dominican players, it's early, early, early in the season. Right, and, they didn't and have all some that. of their A-list guys. I mean, yeah, they certainly would be better off if they had Adrian Beltre and uh, A-Rod and a couple other guys. But, that being said, this, to me, does rank. Like, if you're talking about baseball upsets, I mean, oh, this okay. isn't the 69 Mets. This is the 62 Mets turning around at the end of the season and somehow, you know. This would be like if the 62 Mets had played the Yankees, the Mantle Maris World Series. Or the 27 uh, Yankees. Yankees They'll do that, you know. Like, yeah. It's no, it's it is hard to put this into words because they how did big it, of an upset it is in they baseball. They didn't terms. do it once; they did it twice. That, that, that's exactly right, JJ, and that's that is why it's such a big upset. And there's so many reasons uh, why it happened in my mind, and we could talk a little bit about both of them. But the 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 first game, I didn't see the first game, the first upset. But you think first when that upset. happens, that the Dominicans are gonna, like you said, be a little bit more alert, aware. Uh, they, they, you know, the Dominicans gave up, had a couple of errors. The Dutch scored three runs in the first inning of that game, and then they held on for dear life. Okay, you can uh, that happens in baseball, but for the Dominicans to come in the second time and not score for ten innings, and then to blow a one nothing lead in the bottom half of the eleventh, boy, I mean, I, that it, it's hard to believe they they played they scored three runs in twenty innings against the Netherlands, and this was not Burt Blylevin in his prime prime going out there for the, for the Dutch team. This was Rob Cordemans, Diego Mar Markwell, yeah, and Tim uh, Stuffberg and Leon Boyd. You know, this was I'm not sure how you say Johnny Holstaff in, in Dutch, but that's what it was. I think it'd be like Johnny Holstaffbergen. But uh, you know, all the kudos in the world to the Domini- to the uh, the Netherlands and let's analyze just that's the eighty three million dollar big league payroll for the for the Dominicans versus the, the Henrikus Vandenherk. Uh, who's the only Dutch player on a 40-man roster. So he's making the big league minimum, which is, what, 410 right now? Like 400, yeah. 400,000 or so. That's the payroll disparity here. Yeah, well, you got to throw in, you got to throw in, you know, Stufberger and all, who are probably making 1,000 a month. You That's know, right, yeah, 850 a month. Yeah, add up all the minor leaguers. And they're not that many, but... Uh, the, 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 the Dutch pitching staff, I broke this down last night. Dutch pitching staff, 13 pitchers. One big leaguer, Vandenberg. Okay. One ex-big leaguer, Sidney Ponson. All right. And a four, bad big leaguer. Four minor leaguers. Active minor leaguers. Active minor leaguers. And most of those guys are guys like Stiffbergen. You know, we're rookie talking ball. rookie ball. We're talking yeah. haven't played. We had yeah, Alexander Smith, who's been Smith a prospect. Is, but has Smith really is in high A, been in high A. That is the uh, the minor leaguers. We're not talking guys on the cusp of the He's big leaguers. He's the most experienced guy on right. the staff, basically, on terms of active minor leaguers. And then seven guys from the Dutch league. And and Markwell and Cordemans, two guys you mentioned. It's awesome for us. Um, the first time we tried to record this podcast, 
Those are Dutch League stalwarts. Those, Those are, are guys, the stars of the Dutch League. Rob Quartermans is actually a guy I've followed since 1997. He was the junior college, Florida Junior College's Pitcher of the Year in 1997 at Indian River Junior College. He was kind of a ringer. I think he was 21 or 22 years old, came in against a little bit younger competition, and was a really good junior college pitcher. I think he tried to go to a Division One school, didn't have the grades, wound up signing with the Expos, which back then the Expos really were active in uh, the Netherlands. I'd say the Expos and the Twins and the Mariners are the three organizations that have been the most active in the Netherlands, uh, signed the most players. And uh, you really that was in evidence last night because uh, Quarterman's the next Expo. You saw, I'm pretty sure Danny Rombley played that game, former Expo. Mark Wells, a former Blue Jay uh, farmhand who got a big bonus. Kingsale. Kingsale, I believe, was actually a former Oriole along with Sidney Ponson. So uh, those are guys, both guys originally signed by the uh, by the Orioles out of, I believe, the Dutch Antilles. But um, Kornemann has been a stalwart for du- the Dutch internationally since the late 90s. And uh, Markwell has, since he went back to the Dutch Major League in 2004, really has been a, a go-to guy for them in international competition. And to see those guys, especially after last year where the Netherlands scored nine runs in seven games in Beijing, and just was by far the worst team in the Olympic competition, including China, or as oh. Richard Nixon said, China. Uh, I think this is unbelievable uh, comeback for Dutch baseball to to have this pinnacle achievement of advancing the World Baseball Classic after last year really having probably their worst showing ever in international play. Right, and the thing about this is when they did have their worst showing ever in the Olympics, that's actually though what you expect. Right. If oh, you yeah. look at, you know, because like the in the 08 Olympics. It was the most representative. They've actually finally done the rules. They finally had worked the rules. So like, you know yeah. what? We're going to try to make sure that we actually get the U.S. Yeah. and you know, the best Japan and play. you know, Cuba. And we're going to have the best countries play. Korea. You know, Korea. and hey, gold medal. Absolutely. You're gold medalists. You know, but, and so that wasn't unexpected. But to do this, but not only that, you know, not to get off on a tangent here, but what's been awesome about this is you talked about China. China, oh, yeah, in 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 a decade, yeah. China has gone from being basically a team that was just thrown out there because hey, the Olympics are coming up, and Baseball so is still too Western, you know, and <laughs> so dogs. and so you know we'll try this to right. where if you watch them in the World Baseball Classic, that is a legitimate representative team. Yeah, we got, uh, you know, last year, uh, scouts in the Olympics commented on how, wow, the Chinese are actually better than we really thought, and that that helped make the Olympic tournament a great tournament, that it wasn't, there wasn't one, there wasn't a DePaul, to put it in, in 2009 college basketball terms, where DePaul, you know, went over the Big East. Of course, then DePaul went and beat uh, Cincinnati in the Big East tournament, which is, thanks for coming out, Cincinnati. But there was no DePaul in the Olympic tournament last year, and there's no DePaul, really, I guess South Africa's kind of DePaul, in the World Baseball Classic. But, uh, you know, the, the China, much better. See, J.J. caught the fever early. Uh, J.J. I, caught I, the I, fever yeah. in the Asian round of the World Baseball Classic. So you watch some of that, and you've been talking to scouts about it. Um, and Terry Collins uh, took over as manager for China this year after Jim LaFever had led their Olympic, uh, you know, ramping up program for really five years. So I still think Jimmy Lefevre deserves a lot of the credit uh, for this team. But they're also doing this without their catcher, uh, who was signed by the Mariners, yeah. probably the best player on the team, who had his ligament shredded last year in that uh, home plate collision in the Olympics. So China, very representative showing in uh, the World Baseball Classic this year, beat Taiwan again. 
So it's not a fluke. They've done it twice. They've done it now. I mean, hey, and, and it is sad to see, like, Taiwan is one team that has gone down. Like, yeah. Like, no, watching it's... them, you know, if you just said this, if you'd been watching, following Asia baseball, you know, five years ago even. Yeah. It was kind of the question was, okay, between Taiwan and South Korea, right. which Who's is the number two? two? Right. And there's no question now, because Korea... Has gone by leaps and bounds. By, by leaps and bounds, and really... China, I'm not saying, like, Taiwan has better talent overall. Right. But. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. That's cl- at the top end, they have better talent. There's no Chin Ming Wong coming out of China yet, but uh, it's pretty it's pretty outstanding. So uh, we're going to take a quick break here. Throw in an ad here at uh, BaseballAmerica.com, which is always a good thing on the podcast. We'll be right back with more World Baseball Classic Fever. And, of course, you can email us at podcast at BaseballAmerica.com. So we'll come right all right, we're going to come back in three, two, one. Welcome back to the Baseball America podcast with J.J. Cooper. I'm John Manuel. We're talking a little uh, World Baseball Classic. And, J.J., we were talking about the uh, just the the advancements that the Chinese made, obviously, in, in, in international baseball and that they have made in Asia. But I think that them being Taiwan is no longer an upset. I still think that, uh, I mean, you can talk a little bit about the Asian series. It's really not even an upset anymore, obviously, for Korea to be really almost the peer of Japan, if not almost its superior, in terms of international baseball. I mean, Korea has to be considered one of the favorites here. I, what's jumped out to me from this, and you know, we always talk about with Cuba, when you watch Cuba. I mean, it's always fun when Cuba's in one of these tournaments. Which was very fun to talk. We'll talk more about that later. Right, it was very but, fun to watch. but watching them, because it's like, it is. You're sitting there going, okay, and I know the track record of Cuban defectors is not that great. Yeah. But you still see guys, and you're like, Man, what if he was available? Where you know, like if you threw him in the top prospects list, where would he list? And if you think the Dominican produces players, wait till you see Cuba. Right, and then but watching, you know, South Korea and Japan, and you're sitting there going, I'm seeing pitcher after pitcher who can pitch in the big leagues right now. Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah, and, you know, and it's like and young guys too, like, and you're watching this. And it's, it's not like, just you, Darvish. It's yeah, so much yeah, more it's than not that. just you, Darvish. Yeah. I mean, it's not by any stretch. No, you, Darvish, really good. The Korean pitching staff has got some guys uh, who and are. Again, and I'm solid. sorry, my name recognition on the Korean players is I, but well below par, and that's actually one of my better tools. Usually, is remembering names, and I can't do it for Korea. But, but there are pitchers who, and not, there are some position players too. What, what impressed me most about Japan? Japan is the most fundamentally sound team yeah. and in this tournament, and it's not even close. It's like a team of early 90s Chuck Knobloks. They're I mean, all fundamentally sound. Yeah, before he stopped. Yeah, no, yeah, had early, a, 90s. Know, early 90s. Early 90s, the key there. <laughs> but, uh, but, like, you don't see the Japanese team. They don't, I mean, their defense is just airtight. Right. I mean, like, you look at it, and it's like, and, I mean, there, there are some things that they do that always baffle me, like we saw in the in the championship game of Pool A, uh, where... Ichiro reaches with one out, yeah. and they bunt him to second, so there's now two outs for the number three hitter. Like oh, yeah, Ichiro, by the way, the number two hitter is bunting him. It's one of the better hitters in the team. Not like Ichiro can't score from first on even like a long single. Uh, and not only that, but, you know, he's also pretty good at stealing bases. Yeah. You know, I mean, give him maybe a couple of minutes, like, say, you know what? You look, like, you've got a pitch you can hit. Ichiro, you've got the green light, and we'll see if you can steal. Doesn't that take away a little bit of, doesn't that disrespect Ichiro's honor that you're not even getting him a chance to steal I mean, second base? I, but... It's, I think that's dishonorable. But what jumps out, though, is, and it's only in a short series. Now, we, we if we had a World Baseball Classic season, season yeah. we would see the U.S., the Dominican Republic, you know, those teams rise up. 
You know, they would be, you know, clearly superior. It would really be Cuba would be up there probably. Be, well, I was going to say, I would, be, I would be fascinated to see how Cuba would play over a season as opposed oh, to be. in a tournament. Because the thing is, uh, and I know we're a little bit all over the place here, but let's take – I'm contrasting Cuba and the Dominican. Because, like I said, the Dominican produces tremendous baseball talent, tremendous baseball passion in that country. Cuba is more populous. And if you took what you would get out of the Dominican – and imagine if Cuba was an open society and if their players were able to come to the United States and play in the major leagues, hoochie mama, what that would look like, what, what the major leagues would look like, how many Cubans would be in the big leagues earning big-time dollars. But the, uh, the approaches of the game, you're talking about Japan's approach versus Cuba's approach. Japan is played with minimal mustard. Cuba yeah, is no, played <laughs> with an extra tub of mustard. <laughs> Bat tosses, pimping home runs. I mean, it's just crazy how and, these guys and, and play with the say, flash. I mean, it's I know so different. Can, I know that the traditionalists can go. Rah, yeah. yeah, exactly. I have to admit. Oh, it's, it's fun, to, fun watch. to watch. It's fun to watch. Ariel Pastano is the opposite of fun to watch. Alfredo Despagne, when he hits a home run and knows it's gone, and big pimps it. Hey, you know what? Ricky Henderson. Ricky Henderson might basically like should have could have like grown up in Cuba yeah. playing baseball. Think of like a team of Rickies. And that's Cuba in terms of how they play the game. Uh, a Ricky at shortstop would be fun to watch. But but the other part of that too is uh, it's not just the style, it's not just the talent. It's the ability of these teams to to play. Cuba is such a tournament. We're so used to watching them in tournaments internationally, and be able to rise up for the big rally like they did against Australia last night, coming back from a four-two deficit, and, and turn it on when they when they need to. I would love to see the Cuban players against big league talent. Over the course of a season, I think that they would, A, I think they'd hold up, but B, that's where that mustard, J.J., would get a little leveled out. Because I think the next time Alfredo Despagne came up in that game, in a regular season game, after pimping it like that, he'd get drilled in the back. And the same thing would happen to Ariel Pastano. Ariel Pastano would never make it through a major league season. He's like A.J. Przinsky to the 10th power. There's no way that guy would make it through a big league season. you do have to remember something, though. Yeah, and that would all, though, would even out. You know why? Because... They're playing in this entirely separate league right. where, no, I mean, you're, it's not even sh- necessarily showing up the pitcher in some oh, ways. Yeah, it's no. like, I mean, that's our, you know, like, that's our major different. league code. No, you're right. It's a completely different code. No, no no, the doubt. same way that, you know, if you asked, if you, it's the same way that if the Team USA said, okay, um, Chipper, we need you to lay down a bunt so that we can advance the right. leadoff hitter. With it would be out. something, it would be something where, you know, it, you, you wouldn't fault Chipper if he just went up there and swung away like, are exactly. you crazy? No, exactly. But you and know yet, what? That's in Japan. It would be inconceivable that you would go, what right. are you talking about? Exactly. I, I, I hit 340 this and year. Ha- and how about the fact that if you drilled a Cuban hitter after that, after he put that home like that, well, then you've got to stand in against, uh, well, it's a Roldis, Albertine, <laughs> Chapman, whatever first name he's going by. But he's hitting 100 miles an hour last night, according to scouts we've talked to this morning uh, on Major League Guns. Uh, they didn't have his gun readings on MLB Network last night, but Charlie Steiner was making it sound like he was consistently 93-97, but touching 100. So would you want to stand in against a left-hander dealing that kind of heat? Uh, it, so the, the whole dynamic would be so fascinating to watch. I, over I, major I, I, I love of, Major League Baseball. One of the things you know that what? makes the classic great in a way. I, and it'll never happen. I mean, this is just one of those dreams. Oh, yeah, but a little fantasy man, world. It's okay. But, man, if we did have, just for one year they said, you know, which – Things that never would happen. Yeah. But just for one year, we're going to just do this. That would be 
the most fascinating baseball. Just oh, for the, the most fascinating style. major league season of all time. Just the different styles and all, because that's that's one of the other things that jumps out is just how you know baseball is the American national pastime. Yeah. But I mean, great thing about this is watching. It's like, but you know what? We're, we don't have you know we don't hold this. You know, this isn't just our game. No, I mean, that in any way, shape, or form. No, absolutely. And, and the international style of baseball too. And I'm a basketball fan as well. And uh, North, born and raised in North Carolina. And if you remember the North, the, Dean Smith one time was uh, uh, criticizing a player on another team and talked about him being a European style player. I don't know what a European style baseball player would be, but I don't know that any of these other styles internationally are thought of as. And, and in the NBA, European players a lot of times are just disregarded as being not physical enough, not uh, tough enough uh, over the course of a full season. I don't get that just no. over any international player right, cause, in baseball. Because now, like, there are different styles. Like, I, like you watch, okay, we're watching, I'm watching. I, mean, I would love, like, the styles of play are different. But, like, when you watch a Japan-South Korea game, what jumps out, like, is the fan bases are different, too. Like, in a <laughs> yeah. wonderful way. Like, you know, we have walk-up music yeah, here. This is a great story. We have walk-up music here. When Japan's number three hitter, one of their top home run hitters, uh, and I, I would say I'm not, I, I would try to pronounce his name, but I would screw it up, so I'm just gonna. And I would be racially insensitive so, if I pronounced it. So, but he steps to the plate. The entire crowd sings yeah. this song, like, would, and they all know the words. They all sing it, and it's like this 30 second song, and then he steps in the plate. Think how old it is of Chipper walking to the plate to Crazy Train. How awesome would it be if every time he walked to the plate. Everybody in Turner Field started singing the freaking song. And, and do that would remember, be ten times better. Every everyone's singing it, and they don't play it through the PA. Oh yeah, no, they just sing an acapella. Yeah. It's acapella, and then while they're doing that, then you have the Yankees fans in the World Series sitting over there with their thunderbats like South Korea, and they're trying to disrupt it by they're doing their cheers like South Korea, South Korea, it's awesome. I mean, it is just absolutely. You can't watch that and go, this isn't, I mean, this is cool. Oh, no, it's very cool. And, and uh, that's why we've got World Baseball Classic Fever at Baseball America. It's a little nutty. And, but what jumps out is, is there are the different styles. Like, and you watch it and it's go, okay, in Asia, they are on turf much right, more. Right, Or and, even some dirt infields. Yeah, and dirt infields. And, you know, the glove work is great, but there are shortstops who are very good over there. That there's a question of okay, well, you know, right? Does he well, have yeah, Kaz Matsui was a Kaz guy Matsui, supposed to be a gold you know, glover here and had to move to second base. Right. There's a little struggle. You know, okay, how does it translate? And then you also see, you know, a great home run hitter over there. The parks are sometimes a little smaller. Right. You know, and you also see, you know, there are guys who have great fastballs, but it is more of a, you know, I mean, every Japanese pitcher seems to throw the shunto. Yeah. You know, it's it's more of a fork ball. Off-speed change-up type, change yeah. you know. Yeah, you, you could either characterize it as pitching backwards or just a, a more of an emphasis on the command over power, which leads to some nibbling from some pitchers, even guys who are power arms like Daisuke Matsuzaka. So it, it's a different style, but that this clash of styles is what makes it so great. And, that, and, and we saw it a little bit with the Dutch and the, the Dominicans, because to be honest with you, J.J., and I think this was the separating factor, the Dutch, even with a new coach in Rod Delmonico, who deserves a ton of credit, the former Tennessee coach, Took Tennessee to the College World Series, I think, four times, including twice this decade. Still got fired last year uh, after 2007. Frankly, deserved it. Uh, had taken that program on some wild swings. And uh, now is coaching the Netherlands the first time with his most significant international experience for Rod. And uh, just, again, he deserves great kudos. He inherited a program where the Dutch 
play together, whether it's the guys who are white, Netherlands, Europeans from the continent, play with guys from Curaçao, play with guys from Aruba, Netherlands Antilles, white, black, whether they're speaking Papiamento or Dutch or some melange of those tongues yeah. or English, right. Those teams all come together. It's, it's, it's a, it's a, I, I'm quoting a scout on this, but it's a testament to Dutch society. That team reflects Dutch society being multi-ethnic, tolerant, and everybody comes together. Uh, like you said, they're all singing a, ska, a, a team song before the games. And yet, uh, you know, Randall Simon, who's got big league ego and all that kind of stuff, is getting on uh, on them with the same team as a guy like uh, Mike Dersma, who had a middling and, career at Purdue, or Sidney DeJong, or there's seven pitchers who pitch in the Dutch Major League. And, and Randall Simon, like, the, the thing you see, you hear all this, you know, basically our stories, and it'll be, in 2012, it'll be the same thing, I'm sure, whatever the next, yeah, World, Baseball, 13, the next World Baseball Classic. It'll be the same thing. The story coming in will all be, look at all these players who are not playing the World Baseball right. Classic. And the thing I'll if say is... If you want to emphasize that, you're missing the boat. But the other thing, though, is, is that if you are a player and you have the opportunity, yeah, I mean, if you're hurt or something, right. but you hear, like, Adam Dunn talk about this, and he's like, I've never played in the playoffs. Right. But if the playoffs is anything like the environment of U.S. Canada was... In March. In, in March. One. In Toronto. Yeah then it's got to be amazing because this game, is as amazing an environment as I've ever played a game in. And that game was a great lid lifter, and it just a, it's, it's a shame for Canada, a letdown for a team that uh, played a great game in that one, lost barely uh, 6-5, but then let down City. They lost the next game to the Italian-Americans, uh, Team Soprano, basically, and, and, and lose 6-2 to Italy. Uh, but then the thing is, you contrast a team like the, the Dutch, who even with a new manager, play together, have a lot of familiarity, with the Dominicans with their $83 million play, payroll, but they really didn't play together. And, you know, they couldn't figure out a way. Their best players are basically Jose Reyes and Hanley Ramirez. They couldn't get those guys on the field at the same time. No, well, and, uh, yeah, they couldn't get them on, you're right, they couldn't get them on the field. They, they could couldn't get them on the, the field. They and, but to get them on the lineup, then they had to sit David Ortiz or play David Ortiz at first base, which is a detriment. And then you take David Ortiz out of the lineup to replace him with the glove and Willie Ibar. And Willie Ibar makes up ends up making an error in the end of the game that allows him the winning run. All of that was a hard hit Which, ball. And, and by, by, way, and by the way, but it, one team is a team. One team is kind of an all star team that tried to come together really quick, and it just didn't work for the Dominicans. Yeah, I mean that was that was that was an error, but that was also that was not Buckner letting the ball through his legs. But no, balls hit hard. No, absolutely. I, I, balls I think, hit hard. There's you know you're the pressure of play. Yeah. You know, there's a guy, you know, you know there's a guy, you know, like, okay, right. if I don't make this play, the game, you know, we're the, done. If there's a Dominican goat here, the goat to me is Carlos Marmol. Uh, but I think you could all, I mean, he pitched awful. You got a one nothing but, lead, and Sidney DeJong of the Dutch Major League comes you know up what? there, and Carlos Marmol gets squared up by DeJong for a double to lead off the inning, and then he throws away the pickoff throw at first base. Uh, that was a but comedy of errors But if Dominican. you're picking a goat for the Dominicans, though, what it has to come down to is you have a lineup that has. Like 28 of them. But you have a lineup of Reyes, yeah. Beltran, Ortiz, Hanley Ramirez. Not Beltran, uh, uh, Jose Guillen. Guillen, yeah, sorry. Beltran's from yeah, Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico, sorry. Guillen, you have all that. Oh, Big Poppy. You know, Ibar, Hanley Ramirez. You basically have a lineup of big leaguers, and in some cases, big league stars. Yeah, Moise Alou. And you can't, I mean, the reality is the pitching staff for, if you look over those two games, those two losses, pitching staff 
for the Dominican Republic did everything they needed to no, do. No, you're right. They did. They, they pitched well enough. Hey, Pedro looked good last night. Um, you know, Obama Jimenez looked like, I mean, he was just toying with, you know. He the, did what he should have done with a very mediocre Dutch lineup. But, I mean, but their, li- but their lineup, you can't. I know you can have a bad day. And I know that you can have nine guys have a bad day. Yeah. But for nine guys to have a bad day, two games in a row 20 against. 20 innings, three runs. It's and, and no runs to come up that short with the uh, their tournament on the line and their only run scores because of a misplay in right field on a tough play but a misplay by your, uh, by uh, Eugene King. Kingsale and Jose Batista is the guy who hits the ball hard in that situation I mean come on where is Big Poppy where are where are these guys you know where's Miguel Tejada uh, coming through for the Dominican it's embarrassing for the Dominican Republic there's no doubt about it it's an embarrassing loss and a proud moment for the Dutch. Now I guess we're moving on, uh, JJ. Let's see. So from the Asia pool, we have Japan, Japan and Korea. South Korea. South Korea. Uh, we have Cuba is advancing from the Mexico pool. Mexico plays Australia, I believe, for the right to advance. Right. That's the last qualifier. And Australia, in my mind, played about as well as it could play last night. Travis Blackley pitched very well against Cuba. Their big hitters are Justin Cuba and Luke Hughes. They both came through repeatedly with big at-bats. James Beresford had a big two-RBI single there. I mean, the... A uh, young who, second baseman, looks like, I mean, when, when you say young, he young well, he's is, not shaving yet. Yeah, I was uh, gonna say young is is that he he's twenty. Who looks like I mean, you, age gate. There's age gate. In his yeah. case, it'd be like, is he actually fifteen? Yeah, I don't believe he's twenty. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but so the Australian Chris Snelling, oh, kind of a shadow of his former self. Tough to tough to see that with Chris Snelling. Uh, the injuries have uh, been unkind to Chris Snelling over the years. But uh, the Aussies played great. Uh, even Damian Moss pitched pretty well for them. But uh, these are the things that happen. You lose when you have to go to Rich Thompson with the, all the money on the table. Uh, they lose 5-4 to Cuba. So they play Mexico. Um, that winner, I think, so it's Cuba, Japan, Korea, and that Mexico-Australia winner will go to Los right. Angeles for that pool. Right, which the that's, Miami, I believe that's, that's correct. Be, I mean, and that right there, whichever team that comes out of this game tonight oh, is clearly good. the, you know, that's the, the underdog. Yeah. But Cuba versus South Korea versus Japan. Oh, yeah, I, 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 you know that is going to be fun to watch. Oh, absolutely! Because you talk about clash of styles, the all mustard Cubans versus the no mustard South Koreans and Japanese. I say no mustard. Shiosi Shinjo is not on the team. Yes, that's for, that's for that's Japan. That's you say this. I still love the YouTube video of <laughs> lowering him through the uh, roof. I mean, it's Shiyoshi, not like there's you can not spend a whole day on Shiosi Shinjo <laughs> on YouTube. Holy cow, that's just awesome. But but, but um. And then on the other side, you right. have the U.S. is already in. Correct. And you Venezuela's have, already in. Yeah. They qualify. They've beaten Italy and Canada, so they're in. So they're in. Oh, no, they've beaten Italy and they've lost the U.S. I think, but I think no, they're, they're, they're in. They're, no, they're playing... Uh, they play the U.S., but I think Venezuela yeah, qualified yeah, they're, by beating they're, Italy last By beating night. Italy last night. And then you've got, uh, clearly, the Netherlands. Which, right, the Netherlands is qualified, and I guess Puerto Rico qualified right. from, the other, from the pool in Puerto Rico. Right. They go to PuertoRico.com pool. Which... This actually sets up really well. I mean, the U.S. is on a, you know, we haven't talked about the U.S. that much because the reality is, is it's unfair. It, maybe it's unfair. The U.S. is not the interesting team here. Best baseball news you can get somewhere else. We're talking about the baseball right. news you don't get not, anywhere and, else. And the, the thing about it is, is the U.S. is in the difficult situation in that they're the team that right now it's more about you've got to get there yeah. than it's failure not success that's the big worry. Right now, the U.S. is Kansas in last year's uh, March Madness, and the, the Dutch are Davidson. <laughs> and uh, I guess that makes uh, Eugene Kingsale Stephon Curry. There's really no, actually, there's really no Stephon Curry on the Dutch team. I'd love for it to be Tim Stufbergen, but, but uh, I don't think but, that's reality. But you look at that, and it's like, and 
hey, as as prospect watchers, also, you know, it's going to be fun because the cool thing is is that once they all get to Major League Stadiums, oh, a pitch effects, pitch effects next week where. We're going to have pitch effects on all the Cuban pitchers, on all the Japanese pitchers, on all oh. the South Korean pitchers. Mm. And pitch effects on, on Chapman. Mm. But, but that is like, I mean, it's, it's really in some ways the holy grail because, I mean, we love following these guys and we email the scouts, you know, to try to get as much information as we can. But it's a lot harder to get information on, give me a full breakdown on the South Korean pitching staff oh, than it is on, hey, you know, on the top, you know, right-handers in college baseball. Yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not easy and this is a chance to go all of a sudden like, okay, well, I, I thought I heard he was 92-93. Right. Hey, look, he is. He's 92-93, touch 95. Look at that breaking ball. Well, this is this is why the Classic is a, a worthwhile event. And, J.J., let's wrap this up uh, by, you know, I, I wrote a column in our World Baseball, in our issue that had our Top 100, our World Baseball Classic preview. I really do think it would be awesome to have this round going on and then the semifinals, uh, the second round go on, and then you finish up. And you bring your final four teams to All-Star Week and have semifinal day, two games in one day uh, for World Baseball Classic semifinals, and then the two winners meet the next day for the World Baseball Classic Championship. And frankly, that would be more interesting to me than an All-Star game. I, the All-Star game uh, is archaic and has outlived its usefulness, in my opinion, from the standpoint of I could miss one every four years. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we still have a Futures game now for Puddle All-Star yeah. Week. We don't want to get rid of that. We're Baseball America. I would agree with that, although I'll say this. I, right now, as this is going, I don't want this to stop. I mean, I, like, I, I, I hear that. I, I don't want, you know. I respect that crazily. I, I, I want to see, you know, in a perfect scenario, Cuba and South Korea or Cuba and Japan facing off against the U.S. Yeah. and Puerto Rico, you know. <laughs> In in a in a, in in next week, I absolutely. I want to see that. Yes. I mean, I want. I don't want. To Although you still get that next week, but then after that, then right. you you go well, the you know, Or if the Netherlands makes it, I don't want there to be a three month gap where but I go. I guess what I want to see is I want to see if Roy Oswald is dealing in that semifinal. I want Roy Oswald to keep dealing. I don't want him to be on a pitch count where he has to come out. So now Brad Ziegler has to hold his lead, and then Brad Ziegler has to hand it to JJ Putz. That's no. That's I'll all. give you that, and that is the one. I mean, that really has I'm been sorry, the one. JJ Putz. But that is the one thing that I do think has jumped out that is a problem with this, and there's no way to get around it. But There's no perfect time to play it, this. There's no perfect time to play this, and the pitch limits do affect the game because Correct. you sit there, and it's, it's, it's the one part of this that does feel not like baseball. Correct. It's that's, like that's there's no strategy to it. It's essentially if your starter's dealing, it's not a question of, oh, is he faltering now? Do we need to go? It's like, right. well, okay. I mean, it takes that the, strategy out of it. That's exactly right. To see in the Japan's game, you know, the Japan South Korea game, where you know the starter for Japan is dealing, and it's like, okay, well, they brought him out. He's got four pitches left. Yeah, exactly. And they brought him out. It's like the hope, hope is, is the he can, he, you know, he, well, you can face this guy. You can throw twenty pitches to this guy, and he gets the first guy out on two pitches. And it's like, okay, well, he can start another batter. Yeah, right. we got another out out of him. Yeah, and that's, that's one of those things that's just artificial. But. Correct. And the, but the thing is, if if the International Baseball Federation is willing to do that as a proposal for the Olympics, which they are, to have a one week Olympic eight team one and done tournament like that. I would much rather see that for the World Baseball Classic. And let's be honest, the World Baseball Classic, greater than Olympic no. baseball. No, no it's, not even, it's not it's even, just not the even same. close. It's not even close, and the reality of it is, is that you can say it's because of the money, because the reality is, is that 
the World Baseball, Baseball Classic money goes to Major League MLB, Baseball. And, that's, and hey, guess what? That, I'm fine with that. Right. I, I prefer as as crazy as MLB is. MLB greater than Olympics. It's not as lofty, but it's also not as uh, crooked uh, either. It's not a hypo- <laughs> It's not a hip- It's not as hypocritical. I mean, it is hypocritical, but not nearly as much as the Olympic movement. So, if I had to pick my movements to get behind, I'd pick the Olympic ideal. But MLB, uh, at least, is a, a straight out about the fact they want to make a lot of money off international baseball. But to keep this from becoming, which we would, we could do a three-hour podcast yeah. on this. But to keep it from that, I think we both can agree. I mean, hey, whatever you think about, you know, if you're listening about Bud Selig. He gets some of the credit here. You know, the World Baseball Classic happened on his watch. And, no doubt about it. And people like to bash the World Baseball Classic. This is a great event. But you know what? This is way more exciting to me than I love spring training. This is 20 times better than watching a couple spring training games where no people doubt. don't care what's going on. No doubt. And uh, it's gonna be, I think it will get better, and we'll podcast more about it, I'm sure, and we'll blog more about it. Hopefully we won't have any more 1 a.m. live blogs, but... Uh, Man, or maybe was, hopefully we will, because maybe the game's so good. If the Dutch keep this up, <laughs> well, you never know. So for JJ Cooper, I'm John Manuel. Thanks so much for the download. Send those emails into podcast at baseballamerica.com. And until then, uh, the next show. So long, everybody. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.